Hi, I'm Frances Liliana, and this is The Dallas Type, an interview series where we celebrate the different personalities you'll find in the Dallas creative community. And it's also an attempt to see if there's anything that we might identify as a unifying element between all the creatives I've asked to participate. So, in regards to creatives here in North Texas, is there a Dallas Type? Today's chat is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, there you are. <laughs> How are you? Good. Man, you sound so much cooler than me. I bet I sound, what do I sound like? You sound so cool. You don't sound like Mickey Mouse. I should. I <laughs> Anyways. You, you sound like a grown-up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fooling everyone through the power of cylinder device. I'll, uh, I'll change it up. I'll make it deeper, too. Yes. I'm going to sound like Isaac Hayes. <laughs> I don't know if I can get there, but, you know... <laughs> We'll get somewhere. Yeah. Are you ready? I am. But yeah, thanks for taking part. This is gonna. I think this is gonna be fun. I think everything that you've been doing in the last years, you're gonna. You're kind of adding the cool, some cool to to the interview set. You know. Yeah, right. The rap illustrations. Come on, that's cool. So, first things first. What is your full name, your position, and what you do? My full name is Arturo Torres, and I I journal D D L E. If you had a superpower or alter ego, what would it be? If I had a superpower, it would either be the ability to transport to places and, uh, or be able to be green and have unlimited strength. Why is that? Well, one, because the Hulk is my favorite superhero, so that's what I said that at the end. But I've always wanted to be with, I've always just wanted to travel and be anywhere I want to be without having to wait in line or buy a plane ticket. So how would you describe what you do every day to somebody that's not in the field? you get into how did you get into the field
Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, uh, I, uh, you know, went back to school, normal school, and I continued drawing, and I would flirt with my second grade teacher and give her Mickey Mouse drawings because she liked them. So I would make a lot of Mickey Mouse drawings and found out that it makes people happy, my drawings. So I started doing that since then, very early on, just knowing that it made people happy, like my drawings made people happy. I took it professionally after I graduated from high school. I did a female attendant in high school, and uh, I would hear about people in Dallas, you know, that were actual artists. And I reached, I reached to a, uh, a, an actual artist that was making that as a living. His name was Sue Kirk. Uh, he still does that. And... He got me to different areas, different places, and organizations. One of them was Art Magic, and I was able to sell and you know draw using those organizations. But uh, it wasn't around 2012 where I wanted to meet as many people as possible. A lot of them didn't know that I draw, or some of them did, but they never saw my work. And while they were doing that, just meeting everyone I possibly could, I was perfecting my craft and just working and drawing. And since I don't drink or party, I just saved up and just used that on supplies, art supplies, and just sit home and draw. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Kanye West did before he became famous. Did those people become your heroes and mentors? Or, like, you know, who would you say is your kind of number one inspiration? Well, I never really had a mentor. It kind of bugs me for me to say that. I feel like everyone needs to have a mentor. Everyone needs to have someone they can look up to. I've had a lot of heroes, people that um, inspire me more so than mentor me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I think there's a big difference. Yeah. But um, it's a lot of people, and still a lot of people still inspire me, and still a lot of people are heroes. Um, but like the way I I work for so much and don't sleep, you know, a lot of that came from Jay Dilla, who's a producer. Who, even on his deathbed, he was literally making music. He made music till he died. He was producing music while he's in a hospital bed and having it like a respiratory, like a, a breathing device. You know, just knowing that someone did that, like, it just makes me want to work harder while I'm alive. Yeah. Because it's, just, it's ridiculous. Like, knowing, knowing that, like, I should, then I shouldn't be slacking. You know, someone's doing something that they love while, you know, knowing that they're going to die in a few hours. Or in a few days, yeah. Um, also, just my mom being how strong she didn't really raise she raised me at the same time she did because she, while she's you know working, when my dad left the picture, I was nine years old. We kicked him out of the house and he got deported. So my mom had to work, you know. And while she's working, you know, I'd have to pretty much take care of myself, or you know, I was seeing what was going on in the streets and I would try to replicate that, which wasn't a good idea, but, you know, but knowing just how much she was willing to take, uh, how much abuse she was willing to take for her kids to make sure that their kids were still alive that would eat, like, that's just, that's just remarkable, like, it's so strong, like, how mothers are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I just have, like, people, it's weird to like, my favorite movie is Rocky, and, I think Rock the Combo is one of like the greatest like American stories. I 
Hollywood heroes are either sectional or they're like producers or, uh, you know, there's a few people that I look up to, like Nick Clark, you know, I look up to you, you're doing so much. Um, a lot of the people that wrote the, you know, for Central Track, the, the track list, those people I look up to, that's why I did them. You know, those people needed to shine. And I feel like a lot of them weren't. So, you know, those people too. Yeah, being relatively young in your career, do you think that maybe it's just because you're exploring and then, you know, when you kind of figure out a definitive direction that you want to go, that maybe you'll seek somebody out? Or is it just something that you, I mean, like, what is your definition of mentor? Um, someone that I can learn from and someone that I can call at any time of the day that could uh, give me the knowledge or, you know, someone who's, who's far more experienced than me, you know. something or describe a project that you're really proud of like what do you what is it that um, you, you like showing off my face no um <laughs> that jacket uh, yeah a lot of people feel like i would say the book or whatever but honestly it's, i would say the track list mm-hmm. from central track it was such a personal thing for me and originally i was going to do it for free and i was going to do it on instagram but i felt that I can get more people through Central Track, so I spoke with Pete about it, and uh, he asked him if I can do that through through their site, so he said yes, but it was really, uh, there's a lot of creative people, but, you know, and so it was harder to figure out, like, okay, this person's creative, but I needed influential people, or people that are impacting Dallas, and I, I should do another, you know, part two of it, or volume two of the track list, um, I'll have to talk to Pete, but it was just, it, I, there's people that I just look up to and there's people that don't have the shine that really need to uh, that deserve that shine plus they got an illustration for me and they can use it however they want with it uh, so I was and it was the first time that I've actually wrote something in a long 
Yeah. I don't know. I never, I never saw, you know, the back end and see how many juice you got. So, <clears throat> but I'm more proud of that because once I finished the book, I did that and I had already learned things that I didn't learn, that I didn't have, you know, when I was working on the book. Right. So the illustrations in that, from there, I think are better than they are in the book. And it was, it was nice also kind of going behind people's back and learning things about them and finding out things about them without them knowing. It was hard, but it was also rewarding. Right. Because the reaction that they received was amazing. I think I made a few people tear up because they, they weren't expecting that. Uh, I don't remember who exactly told me, but there's, yeah, I think I had like two or three people. What do you think it says about your personality? I mean, maybe it is that kind of you mentioned earlier, you know, you really enjoy making people happy. I mean, do you think that that's the reason why you are, um, you know, more geared towards illustration and, and not necessarily in a commercial sense, but it's kind of closer to commercial than it is, you know, fine art, even though it kind of fits mm-hmm. both. Do you think it's it's that, that kind of satisfaction, that almost immediate satisfaction or that, that instant feedback good feedback that led you towards creativity and, and especially in the illustration sense or what other personality traits do you think you have that have kind of made you as successful as you are at such a young age? Um, well, I, uh, I, knowing how much I went through um, mm-hmm. with my past, you know, with, with my parents, like I, I, I've witnessed my mom being sexually abuse in front of me, like I've witnessed her being punched, you know, my older brother getting punched, you know, by my father. Um, saw violence outside on the streets because I lived in the ghetto area. Now it's pretty, and now I don't have to worry about, you know, my mom <clears throat> being there. But um, knowing how much I went through as a kid, like my mom was close to being killed by my dad. Mm-hmm. I stopped my dad, and I was nine years old. But I still have my mom. There's someone out there that that happened to, and their mom passed away. So mm-hmm. now that kid is an orphan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And is and has no parents. You know. So it's knowing knowing that there's someone else that has it worse than me that's made me want to always make people feel better and make sure that when they're in the same room with me, they know that they're gonna have a good time. Or, you know, they don't have to worry about their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, we're going to be okay. Whether, you know, because everyone has stuff going on in their lives. You have stuff going on in your life right now that we don't, I don't know of, that the people who are reading, listening to this don't know of. And yet you're still going out of your way to try to make this thing for, you know, for creatives in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, so while we're together right now talking to you, I want to make sure that you're you don't have to worry about those problems. Like, we're good right now. Like, you know, it's like the, uh, the Kendrick Lamar song, like, we're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> I take everything with that mentality. Um, and I think that's what's helped me get to where I am and, and you know, do what I am doing. It's always been, you know, my charisma, I guess, or just that mentality of thinking. Because, honestly, people can draw better than me. And people can use... Illustrator Photoshop better than me, but that's just what it's just a thing that I use. I think it's what's more impactful. Plus my colors, I think my colors are pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's almost like it's seventy percent talent, but thirty percent of that is you know whether people want to work with you or you make it an easy experience. 
And I think that's one of the things that you can see with creatives in Dallas. It's it's not a bunch of um, it's not a bunch of prima donnas. Like you've got really talented people and you have middle talent people, but you know everybody's kind of at least the the farther that you get into it, or if you are successful, it's because there's you know when there's a ton of talent here, you can't really be a jerk and be you know get people to call you back. You know, especially when you have people with very positive attitudes like yourself. So you've had a lot of like tough situations. What what did you do for inspiration? Reading comic books, and I still collect and read comic books, and then just films because outside was awful place to be playing. I mean, we still played outside, mm-hmm. um, but inside, like we would own a bunch of movies, and so we would just watch films. So. Uh, I get a lot of my inspiration from watching films and like, you know, I pick colors based on like films that I watch and, you know, things like that. So that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. It's not really anything else, but, and, and also just seeing the good things that people are doing in Dallas. Like a lot of the things that, that people are doing that aren't giving a shine on, I, I like to make those things stick out so that people have no choice but to notice it. So, do you have any advice you'd give to somebody who has been in in your shoes before? Who's been in my shoes before? Who's been in your shoes before and who wants to do what you do? Like, if they saw the um, the rap book, right? Like, or if they, you know, the for those people that didn't that don't know that this is an outlet and that this is an actual job. Um, to be able to make sacrifices. I don't drink, I don't party, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, if people know I'm outgoing and whatnot, like, I'll, I'll invite people over, but I don't go out to clubs, I don't go out, drink and whatnot, I, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or whatnot, you know, but I, I choose what I spend my money on wisely, kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> I still buy a lot of, I still buy a lot of comic books, but also know that it's not the easiest thing to do. And that is because you have to work at it. You have to work really, really hard. Right. You have to find your own style. And by finding your own style, you just have to do it so many times. People are going to have that choice. Like, if you're just drawing so much and posting it online and, like, you know, hours like that, they're going to have no choice but to see your work because you're doing it so much. Right. You know, and it's rewarding. Like, people, no one wants to have a 9 to 5. I mean, it's secure and it's, field and, and this really great time and um where the opportunity for people to to do freelance and to kind of go off on their own you've got more people and, and contemporaries people that are your age that are kind of doing it whereas uh-huh. you know you've got really great examples of how it's done and and people to reach out to and i think the dallas community right now versus before is so full of of freelancers and you know, the co-working spaces and stuff. Actually, I mean, that does lead to the next question. Uh, do you think there are, you know, a lot more opportunities out there to kind of do what you do? 
Or do you um, think is it is it getting oversaturated? Like, what do you think it, it you know, what does yeah, opportunity I mean, look like for you? I think, I don't think it's getting oversaturated. I mean, if you're creating jobs, that's perfect because that means someone gets to, and the more jobs you create, like right now, like people are creating jobs. There's a lot of startup companies. Some of them don't end up, you know, they'll continue to be a company, but by starting up a company, you're creating jobs for people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even for co-working space, you know, someone that owns a, that has a co-working space has to have a staff. Just by creating co-working space, that person already created jobs for people. Mm-hmm. And that's for, you know, those that have small businesses. So it's, you know, it's it's helping everyone. So I, I think there's more opportunities. I don't think it's going to get oversaturated. Plus everyone, like even with me, like illustration-wise, no one has the style that I have. And I don't have the style that other people have. Like, everyone has their own style. So, you know, if you want to do editorial stuff, you're not going to go and do, like, urban work for, you know, a a more conservative corporate magazine than you would for, you know, Vance or, well, not, I don't know why I said Vance. But, yeah, I don't think it's it's oversaturated. And for me, business-wise opportunities... There's a lot of opportunities, but it also happened because of the book. Like, I, I did a uh, did a few things for a New York magazine just now. I set it off this morning. How exciting is that? Like, is this somewhere you thought you would be a couple years ago? No. I didn't know. Honestly, like, to be a, <laughs> for my birthday, that's when they released the, uh, the New York Times bestseller information. I knew about it a week before. But like it was nice to see it nationally, like that it was, that it, you know, it was number, that number that it, I was on that list. So it's it's been crazy. I didn't know this. <laughs> I mean, I I worked working on it, but it was three months doing three hundred drawings, pretty much. So, how does that feel? Yeah. Like, you know, being starting in two thousand twelve and then being on an illustrator of a book that was in, on the New York Times bestseller list for like a long time. Um. It feels weird. It feels bizarre. Uh, I don't know. Like it's it's. I, I didn't expect it. Who expects that? Who, who's gonna say like, oh, you know what? By a few years from now, I'm gonna be a New York Times bestseller. I'm gonna have a book by the time I'm 25 years old. Like I'm gonna have this book. Like I don't. I didn't know. Yeah. I got the I got the gift from the guy saw a flyer I did and he really liked it. <clears throat> and he was looking for me for like a few months. That actually got to me. And then we had three months left to do this book. Like, whoa, 
Yeah. I can go buy junk food now, or I can go put gas in my car now. Like, this is crazy. We can go party. Is there anybody or anything that helps you kind of keep that in the check, considering that was like, you know, four years ago? Like, what that difference is? Are you allowed to, have you, you know, are you able to stay humble? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you really I, can't. I mean, from everything that we've talked about earlier, I mean, it's really... Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard not to. It's, like, I, I didn't even know we were going to... I, I didn't, wasn't even sure if we were going to sell book, all of the books at the book signing in Dallas. Like, I, everywhere he was going, Shay was going, they were selling out at the book signings. And uh, as they were getting closer to Dallas, I was just like... And it's gonna, I'm gonna, like, it's just gonna be disappointing if we don't show out. Like, you know, it's just like, this gonna be, like, what if only ten people show up? Yeah. And then knowing that there was a line outside and there was people there two hours before the event, like, that's hard not to cry when you, you know, when you see that. It's hard not to cry. Like, it's to know that people like what you do and are willing to be outside for two hours before the event. Like, it's weird. (laughs) So, did you cry? I would have cried. I did. I may or may no, not have cried for you. I cried the day before because it was surreal. Like, I didn't know, like, any, it was happening. Because they, they would, she would tell me, like, the numbers of, you know, because they made a few copies. I think they made, like, 1,500 copies. And then they sell over those copies. They, you know, those online sales. Yeah. They sell more than that. They sell out. While he's, while he's flying over to New York for the first book signing. And they're just like, whoa. And they start freaking out. Abrams, the company, is freaking out. It's like, what do we do now? Like, what's going on? And it's just like, well, you got to ship, you know, you got to order more copies. Yeah. Like, the demand for it was that big. It crashed. It crashed a website for books of millions, and it sold everywhere online. Like, it was sold out. And it was still sold out to like, I think, three weeks ago. And it takes about two weeks for books to be made, like, to be pressed and, you know, shipped out. That's really exciting to hear. And I think one of the cool things is that there's been a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of coolness associated with Dallas, but I don't think it's, you know, Houston usually gets a lot of the, um, like the hip hop attention and everything. And it really kind of, you know, your involvement really kind of helped Dallas's street cred a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we'll just um, kind of roll into uh, the Dallas part of the conversation. So, um, why Dallas, and and what is your you know, what is your favorite part of living here? Why Dallas? Because it's when you're living in Garland, and even though it's like you know thirty minutes away from where I was living, it's still like it's a different planet. <laughs> and you hear about it growing up, you know, it's like oh blah blah blah, I went to Dallas and we got this or that or blah blah blah. Um, plus I would watch King of the Hill and. The way they they <laughs> interpret Dallas is hilarious. They always talk trash about it. I think mean, there's like an episode where they're like, "All right, we're entering Dallas now," and they're like, they uh, they locked all the the doors <laughs> as they're entering Dallas. So it's just like I don't know. It's just the way it's interpreted to different people's eyes. Um, you just have to see it, and it's it is different, and it is interesting, and it, it's. Even better when you're living in Dallas. I don't know. It's just the atmosphere and the, the vibe that it has, and how like diverse it is too in different areas, like by a zip code. It's it's weird. Like it's or even just a neighborhood. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Like it's just 
It's like I said, it's its own planet. Yeah. It's not even like its own country, it's its own planet. Do you feel with uh, like organizations like Central Track and the and the things that you've been involved with? Do you think that's it's some of that as well? I mean, do you think people would expect those things and those experiences here? Um. Yeah. I mean, Central Track does help a lot. Like with, cause see, the thing is, like Dallas Observer and you know, Steve Magazine and whatnot. They do like, oh, that's you know, restaurants and best, you know, most richest people and this and that. But like Central Track is more of a lifestyle. I guess I feel like it's it's curated through like a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of a lifestyle. Like, yo, this is this is the you know we're, we're gonna be playing. They're gonna be playing concerts, and like this is where you can go and do this and do that, and you know, nightlife and like street style. It's a little bit more. I don't know. It's just curious for that group of people, and it's just and and, and those people. I think is where most of the you know the up and coming creators are, or you know the some of I don't know. It's just, you feel like through soundtrack you can do and see more things than me knowing about the 100 most richest people in Dallas. I mean, do you think there is this kind of almost up-and-coming creative takeover? Like, you and I are kind of immersed in the same circles. Like, do you think that it's just kind of that our perspective is, or do you think that there is this possibility that, you know, Dallas can become one of these, it can overcome that the stigmas of the, you know, 100 most beautiful Absolutely. I mean, we have, there's some negative uh, history that's come out of Dallas, um, you know, but it's still, it's becoming dim because of the, the direction it's going and how colorful it's becoming because of the, these creators people. But um, I feel like it's kind of like with presidency. Sometimes, you know, you have four terms, you know, um, and some presidents, while in the presidency, they're fixing things, but the next president will get credit for it because that thing was fixed yeah. when he was in office. It's kind of the same thing with this. Like, there's people that have been working on Dallas and been doing things for Dallas, but the people now are going to be known as the pioneers yeah. because they're taking it to the next step. So I think this around you know this time is a pretty important time to be in Dallas. I think anyone that's doing something creative and doing something good will be known as a pioneer, thanks to the people before us. You know, interpret it as you will. What What is your tomorrow look like? Um, better than yesterday. That's a good answer. What is the last item on your bucket list? You know, I've never made it. I've never written down a whole an actual bucket list. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of, I don't know, maybe that was something for the middle-aged people on my list, but. It definitely is. This is on the record. I'm not middle-aged. This is for you guys, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I don't know, but the other day I was talking to my girlfriend that I do want to be, uh, I do want to go to Ireland and get in a bar fight. I want to go to pub, get in a bar fight, and then, like, sing, you know, Irish music, or, like, folk songs. <laughs> <laughs> Once I'm done, like I want to listen, I want to like get a bar fight and then buy that person that I bought a beer and then just sing like Lord of the Dance by the Dubliners. Like that's the best answer <laughs> that I've heard for that. That's so specific. So we're we're going into the quick fire. So um, that's really the quick one answer, <laughs> real quick things. And thank you so much for taking part in the in this conversation. So, what is your favorite yeah. font? Helvetica. Favorite word? Fungi. Favorite color? <laughs> Green. Favorite quote? 
Mark Simpson, you're damn if you do and you're damn if you don't. Elvis or the Beatles? Elvis. Describe yourself in five words. Uh, artistic, goofball, visionary, romantic, jackass. <laughs> Describe yourself in one word. Working. That's awesome. You completed the the interview so so excited about it this is such a great talk and i really i really appreciate it do you have any final shout outs or any anything you want to any final last words that you want to leave everybody with everyone go watch casablanca it's a beautiful movie but um just thank you to everyone and they know who they are there's so many people that have been an impact in my life to get to where i am now to where people feel that I am worthy of being interviewed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just it's always weird to me when people want to ask, hey, you know, are you down to do this? And it's, I'm always willing to do it, but it's just so surreal. Like, the, you know, people think that I am worthy of being interviewed or, you know. So, but I couldn't do it through my, you know, just by myself. I had to do it through people that have been there for me who have lived longer and, wiser so thank you to those people thank you you know thank you francis no thank you um yeah i really appreciate it and i think this was a really great talk and i think one of the really uh you know hopeful and almost kind of breathtaking in some of your answers and very surprising and um revealing so i appreciate it yeah (laughs) the interview you just heard is bookended by the track Blue Jay from the album Feathers by Blue Dot Sessions, which I borrowed from freemusicarchive.org and used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Thank you for listening to The Dallas Type. I'm Francis Foliano.